Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, uh, we're looking back at a a kind of a tough road loss uh, for the team. We're going to do our our standard ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We have a little bit of team news to talk about. Uh, we've got Kevin Pollitz back on the show. He's going to talk to us about his year, his first year as a pro and kind of the ups and downs and what's going on with that defense, which has been so leaky of late. Uh, we're going to preview the match against Toronto FC2. We're going to look at uh, the playoffs and how they're shaking out for the East and the West. And we're going to talk Division 3. Joining me tonight, as always, I've got Mr. Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you? Great. Um, I want to take full responsibility for them losing on the road again because I predicted another <laughs> road win, and it always seems to never go my way. So I'm not predicting any more road wins this year. Yeah, I I think that it's time to give up the ghost there. Although, uh, surely once you stop, they'll win one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. I guarantee you that happens. Absolutely. Uh, and also joining me tonight, he's been away for a couple of weeks. I, we've missed him greatly. It's Mr. Bill Toomey. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe, how's it going? It's going very, very well. I have a great surprise for you later on in the show. I'm not going to blow it now, though, <laughs> but you're going to love it. All right. I promise. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I would be doing better if we even scored a goal on the road, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Uh, we'll, we'll no get surprises. To, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. You went to Ozzy last night, right? I did. I went to see Ozzy Osbourne, and he is still alive and kicking, and he sounds better than ever, which uh, is kind of surprising. <laughs> well, I guess that's good. The uh, The Prince of Darkness doesn't age, I guess. Or maybe he is aging, but his voice is okay. <laughs> I don't know how he's still alive, but <laughs> he did a great show. I'll tell you, the last couple times that I saw footage of him moving on stage, it is not dissimilar to how I'm moving right now after my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> gingerly is the way it goes i've got a six inch by three inch hole in my back right now that is what is happening (laughs) kids get your cysts looked at when they're small i'll leave it at that (laughs) it's only gonna take nine weeks to heal yeah no big deal Right, one ripple to make the playoffs, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) if they make the playoffs, we got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about this game in Indy. Statistically, you look at this match and you look at the match uh, that they won a week ago against Ottawa, or two weeks ago now, I guess, and they're really not dissimilar. the The biggest difference was Indy took their chances and Ottawa did not, Uh, but. Totally dominated the game, had 20-plus shots, uh, controlled possession, kept uh, the the opponent from completing a lot of passes. But, I mean, everything seemed to bounce Indy's way in this match. And, you know, maybe some of that uh, had to do with having the first-teamers who really aren't integrated into the team and trying to fit them in and see how that goes. But, you know, this was just a really... um, I don't know if disturbing loss is the right word, because... You know, some of this was just, uh, I guess, a game of inches, but it, it was a rough loss after what felt like such a big victory to get that shutout win against Ottawa, and now here we are back to square one, seeing the the uh, the, the defense just look porous. You know, w- what do you think it is that that's making everything so difficult this season? Is it still just you know the rotating lineups and how difficult it's been to get a consistent eleven? 
I think part of it was there looked like there's no communication for the back line. Everyone just kind of doing their own thing, and uh, Indy was able to easily get behind them right off the start, and that just kind of set the mood for the whole game. And which is kind of surprising because the week before, uh, Evan Loro really stepped up and was a big part of making sure that the back line was, was communicating and was in sync. And then, uh, yeah, obviously you can't really tell from the broadcast how he did, but it looked like they were right back to, to what they were doing. Justine, what is going on back there? What do you think? I, I wish I had the answer. Uh, I think it's just been inconsistency all year. I mean... Last year, you know, when they made their playoff run, we saw them get more consistent as the season went along. This year, it's they've just been one game. They, you know, the one they get one shutout that they've had. They haven't. Uh, they've only had one shutout since May, and they got it against Ottawa. And then you think, okay, maybe they've actually fixed these problems in training, and you know, they've talked it out and talked about what they're doing wrong. And then they come into Indy, and then they completely just get basically clattered the entire time yeah i mean yeah they they had they had a lot of shots again uh clinic weren't clinical enough on the night there was even one sequence i think they hit the bar and mm-hmm. it got saved twice so unfortunate in some aspects but i mean the, the back line is the biggest concern because i mean you could score all the goals you want but i mean if you can't defend it doesn't mean anything we saw that we saw that in the louisville game they were up two nothing and then they gave they give up a ton of goals afterwards so, I mean, the biggest thing is if they play one of these top teams like a Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, they're going to have to defend. They can't just try and outscore these teams. Right. And But I also recognize the fact that when they're, uh, I, you know, obviously Indy got on top of them so early, it, this doesn't really apply to this match. But uh, when the offense is misfiring the way it has on the road, you start putting your defense under more and more pressure as the game goes on, because how many of these attacks uh, that get broken up end up in counterattack opportunities for um, uh, whoever they're playing that are then turned into goals. So I think if they could be a little bit better in terms of what they bring to start matches on the road, that they'll get some results, but it's just, it's been very, very tough for them. Um, One thing that I want to talk about over the last couple of weeks as the offense has kind of, been up and down uh is Anatole Bong. he's obviously getting the the majority of the starts and uh you know i i think both two and the the one team want to see what he has and what he can give and get him back up to fitness but it's certainly hurting uh hurting <laughs> it's hurting the offenses they're going forward uh and it, it's a similar problem to what's happening on the back line where you don't have a consistent sort of group uh, because of injuries and and rotating in strikers, it, it's it's a mess. Yeah, especially considering there's 26 shots and five of them are on target. Yeah, that's a big big problem. They got to figure out who's going to be the guy stepping up. I saw today uh, Amando Moreno was in training and making people look like fools. So hopefully he gets. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that was that was quite something. Yeah. And, the chip at, and the chip at the end was. Yeah, Ryan Mir is completely going the wrong way. He just looks like, <laughs> oh, man, this is terrible. Hopefully that uh, can just breathe some life back into the team because they've they really been needing that. Him, him being back on well, full fitness is going to be huge for this team because if he can regain the form he had when he was before he had got injured, I mean, he was borderline unstoppable when yeah. he got the ball. Yeah. It's been a while since he's he scored, so it would be cool to see him get back in the game because they definitely need the help. Yeah, and the other guy that obviously has been missing quite a bit has been Christian Caceres. Uh, he was such a huge part of this midfield, and 
I think Echeverria has done well, but he is. It's not a like for like change between the two of them, and I don't think he could make up sort of the ground slash uh, passing possession defensive side of the game, and you know obviously that has caused a, a lot of problems as well. It's been rough out there for sure for the past few. I mean, Christian Christian's done great. I mean, you know, he had a very good cameo with the first team. So I mean, uh, maybe we'll see him back this season. But I mean, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward with their lineup. But if Christian's back, I mean, I think that definitely helps his team in the midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's talk man of the match. I'll start with you, Bill. Hard to say, really. Uh, I, I don't even think I can pick a man of the match for this one. Yeah, okay, that's very fair. Uh, Joe? Nobody. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with the two of you. Nobody gets it. Uh, look, I mean, I think that there wasn't... It wasn't 90 minutes of poor play from the team, but yeah, it's hard to give anyone really a, a standout performance. When, when you don't score, when you have 20 shots and nobody scores. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, team news. I brought up Christian Caceres a little while ago and how his um, his uh, lack of um, playing time with the two team and obviously getting cameos with the first team and uh, being with the Venezuelan team right now. Uh, he obviously is missing. They've gone out. They've signed uh, officially uh, Kofi. We were talking about him last week. It looks like he might be someone who could fill in in that spot play sort of that box-to-box uh, defensive midfielder for them that could maybe even add a little bit offensively. Uh, is this the move that might make it a little bit more palatable that that Casares is getting so many more looks with the first team? I mean, I like the move. I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's definitely going to put the midfield on notice that, you know, their spot's not going to be a given anymore. And I think he's, I really do like him. I think he's an intriguing prospect. So, I mean, I, I, he's a good box-to-box midfielder. I mean, you know, if he fills that role like Caceres, uh, for Caceres, that, I mean, it's not going to be like he never left. Yeah, well, uh, they, they, like we said, we, they need somebody there. They need someone to hold it down. Um, when we look at, so Jean-Christophe Kofi, what I want to know about him and maybe it's our expectations around him as a player. Can we really expect him to fill in for a player like Caceres who has, you know, uh, a pretty strong pro career even before he gets here um, versus a, a guy that's essentially coming out of college? Well, I mean, you know, he's got the, uh, you know, the, I would say the like the hype around him coming out i mean there's there's a lot to like about him and i mean isn't you know this is kind of what they're supposed to do is try and integrate him in the squad as best as they can yeah okay fair uh bill what do you think i definitely think it's gonna help a bit for sure i mean i'd like to see him play with with rebel too like you said and just kind of see how he blends in yeah yeah um okay We'll have to see what he does in the future. Let's jump to the ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. Bill, your surprise is in this section. I bet you can already start to guess what it's going to be. Okay. I can only imagine. Rafi Diaz in Sac Republic. Rafi has not been in the 18 for Sac uh, for the last couple of weeks. I'm 
thinking that maybe his time with the club is coming to an end, but I haven't seen that anywhere to, to report that as official. Uh, but he was not in the 18 for a 3 nothing win over Seattle. Noah Powder, however, did get time with OCSC this past week. He started, played 90 minutes, scored the tying goal in a 3-2 win over OKC. Good job, Noah. Uh, at, they scored twice in uh, um, extra time to win that match, by the way. Uh, Dan Metzger, Penn FC, he came off the bench, played 22 minutes in a 2-1 loss to Atlanta United 2. Junior Flemings started, played 55 minutes in a 1-0 loss to Charleston Battery. Stefano Bonomo is hurt, uh, so he was not in the 18. Here you go, Bill. Brandon Allen, 45 minutes for (laughs) Nashville. Two goals in a 3-3 draw. Both goals? Penalty kicks. Penalty kicks. (laughs) Just for you, Bill. It's been a long time since we've seen that. I know. I thought you'd be so excited to hear. He's still scoring from the penalty spot in Nashville. Uh, Corey Herzog came off the bench, played 19 minutes in St. Louis's one nothing win over Reno 1868. Kyle Rainish played uh, 90 minutes in Fresno's one nothing loss to the Swope Park Rangers. He picked up a yellow card in that match. Zach Carroll was in that 1868 match that I mentioned a moment ago uh, against St. Louis. He played 90 minutes in that one nothing loss. Conrad Pleva, uh, he was with SLC. He, he started, played 90 minutes in a 2-1 to loss. Uh, to Rio Grande Valley, uh, and scored a goal in that match. He had the lone goal for the Monarchs, which I think either I reported on last week, now that I'm saying this, or it happened again, where he was the only one to score in the match. But uh, well, maybe we'll get to this when we talk about playoffs, but Monarchs are going through a really bad spell right now, and uh, not a good time of year for that to happen. Uh, Speedy Williams, tonight... Uh, Louisville City took on FC Cincinnati and lost one nothing in Louisville. So now we're never going to hear the end of the obnoxious FCC fans as they quest to equal the point total of the New York Red Bulls 2 in 2016. That season, obviously, 30 matches instead of 34. So uh, they'll be able to surpass that uh, should they continue to win. Mike DeFanta and Phoenix Rising. He started and played 90 minutes in their one nothing win over Rio Grande Valley. Uh, he did not play in a 3-2 loss to San Antonio. Carl, we met. We know what happened there. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, and Scott Thompson did not play for the Richmond Kickers in a 2-1 loss to Charlotte. Across the sea, Zico Lewis, HK Kopavager. Uh He was not in the 18 for a 4-1 win over Fromm. <laughs> There's a much longer name that went with that, and I cut it all out. From that's all I'm saying. See, I kind of thought that was a surprise for me, right? Oh there. no, no, no. Uh, David Abador and FC Haka. Uh, David started, went 90 minutes in a two-two draw with Oulu. Oulu. I don't know how to say that. O u l u. He picked up a yellow card in that match. Tim Schmoll started and played 90 minutes in a zero-zero draw with Chesterfield for Dover Athletic. Maris Obakop, I'm removing because I can't ever see uh, if he's in the matches. And so far, he has not been. He hasn't had a start uh, for the Moldovan National Division FC Zimbru Kizinau. So for now, I'm taking him off this list. Aaron Basulovic and No Shipping's Bias. Uh, he started and played 46 minutes in a 2 nothing loss to Carlsland. So uh, good on you, Aaron. Good on all of the ex-New York Red Bulls that were in action this week. Whew. 
That brings us to the end of our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Kevin Pollitz. So stick around. And we're back. We are rejoined now uh, by first-year defender Kevin Pollitz. Kevin, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? We're doing very well over here. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on pleasantries. Let's dig down into uh, what's been going on lately. Uh, About two weeks ago, you get your first shutout since May. Uh, Defense, which has been a little bit difficult of late, uh, seems to be clicking and, and maybe even finds a rhythm. Very next week, another very difficult game at Indy. And if you look at the stat sheet, I mean, th- these are not terribly different, uh, re- you know, uh, results statistically, but the scoreline's different. Is that a little bit frustrating as a defender? Um, it is a little frustrating. I think we had a um, good second half. I think we were on top of them for, for the most part. Um, generated a few good chances, uh, especially in the second half, but I think there's just some, um, some moments that we fell asleep, uh, in the first half and that really cost us in the end. Yeah. And maybe even, uh, fair to say, uh, the ball just wasn't bouncing your way on the day. Uh, you know, cause I, I don't think there was any huge, uh, issues on the back line, uh, leading to those chances, but, uh, you know, like you said, you fall asleep here and there and it could be a little tough. Uh, Talk to us about the season so far. You've started 15 to 28 matches. Um, obviously, a bulk of your time is it has come in recent weeks, but I, I just wanted to get your feeling of how things have progressed for you this year. Um, I, I really enjoyed the season so far. Obviously, there's a lot of competition at center back, but I think competition is a really good thing. I think it just pushes you. Uh, each training, each game, you have to be really sharp, um, and we've had uh, a lot of different guys step up uh, all across the back line, so I think it's been a lot of good healthy competition um personally i think i've improved a lot um practicing with the first team i get to watch the good habits of uh, you know aaron and tim who are both with the national team um for example just learning from them uh learning from all the coaches uh i think i'm starting to apply a lot of the the principles learn the system a little bit better and so um overall i think the season's gone pretty well for me personally um and yeah just going into this uh last playoff push um hopefully we get some results and then make a, a push in the playoffs and you know you brought up kind of the competition on the back line has that maybe led to some of the difficulties of, of there not being necessarily a steady uh four in the back um sometimes i think it, it's good uh for you to establish a relationship with um, another center back and, and kind of get consistent games. But at the same time, you, you have to adapt and, and learn who you're playing with and um, get adjusted as quickly as you can. So um, I've, I've played with, I think, three or four different center back pairings this season, and they're all different in their own ways. But at the same time, the, the system, the Red Bull system is the same, and a lot of the, the practices and habits have to be you know, good. So um, it's been an adjustment, but I think it, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, and of course, that's that's kind of the nature of the beast, right? At Red Bull, is your evaluation is not just how you perform in the game, um, or, or even as a unit in those games, but maybe individual um, progress throughout the season, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we do a lot of the same stuff in practice. Um, I think a lot of the drills enforce those good habits. You know, winning the ball back, um, playing forward, and a lot of the the principles that they teach at Red Bull. Sure. Uh, so the the I guess the other sticking point right now, and this is obviously team wide. Uh, has been uh, the performances on the road. Like, you know, I, I mentioned these these last two games but between the Indy uh, 11 match and the Ottawa Fury match. You know, statistically, across the board, there's really not a huge difference between what you guys are doing at home or away, but the results have obviously been a lot harder to get on the road. Is there is there anything, like, within the team psychology or just uh, discussions beyond... Um, uh, the normal week-to-week discussions with the coaching staff uh, that are looking at, you know, what's going on on the road? Um, obviously, that's like the elephant in the room that we haven't won a game yet on, on the road, but I think we've, we've put together some, some good performances, and we've, you know, we've done well in a lot of games and earned some good points. It's just, uh, I think at home sometimes we have, like, a good, complete performance, and sometimes on the road we just let up you know, we've let up some, some late goals in some games, and it's just maybe 89 minutes of, like, good play instead of 90. And so it's just getting that last little bit. Um, everyone focused, complete game for 90 minutes. Um, and hopefully that will bring us all three points on the road. And as a unit, as a um, as you're approaching this, this playoffs, uh, are you guys looking at the tables at all, or are, or is it still uh, kind of focused to, you know, the game in front of you? Yeah, I think every every game going into the, the last few games now is important. Um, obviously, we want to win at home on Thursday, and um, but also we have a lot of road games uh, left in the schedule, and we need to get results in order to make the playoffs, get a good seed in the playoffs and just to, to gain that confidence that we can win on the road. Um, we've shown that we can put good performances on the road, and now we just need to show that we can get three points on the road. And obviously this week uh, you got TFC2 coming to town. That was your first game of the season, was an appearance off the bench uh, to play against them. Uh, they played you to a draw in Toronto. What's it going to take this week to get a result against them at home? Obviously, we need to be be good defensively. We know we will ge- generate chances and we'll get uh, good looks in front of goals. So, I think just being uh, solid defensively, being uh, talking a lot, being very organized, and I think uh, if as long as we're organized in the back and in the midfield, we'll, we'll generate chances and we'll get goals. All right, excellent, Kevin. This has been fantastic. I've got uh, the. Um experimental lightning round questions for you. I tried them out on uh, Andrew Tenari. He was our first guest to, to have already completed the lightning round in return. Um, are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, what would the title of your autobiography be? Uh, um, maybe just like hard work. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you could steal credit for any great piece of art, be it a song, a film, a book, a painting, anything, which one of those would you claim? I don't know. Maybe Starry Night. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Uh, you're on death row. What is your last meal? Uh, Chipotle. 
<laughs> for your last meal? <laughs> Chipotle? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, have you ever successfully finished a game of Monopoly? No. Yeah, I don't think anybody has. Uh, I like pulling people about that, though. Okay, and last but not least, who is the least funny Red Bull 2 player that thinks they're funny? Least? Probably Evan Laura. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Kevin, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best this weekend. Or this week, rather. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be previewing that match against Toronto FC2, so stick around. And we're back. We're going to preview the match against TFC2 now. TFC2, look, I'm going to be I'm going to be straight about this one. I know that we've talked about teams that have been poor in the past that have actually beaten the Red Bulls too. Um, I would be very surprised if that was the case here. Uh, they are three twenty and three overall with a negative twenty eight goal differential. They are one four and zero in their last five matches. The one win came over Louisville City because nothing makes sense. Their losses uh, came against Ottawa, Atlanta, Indy, and Bethlehem Steel. Away from home, they are 1-12-0. Their leading scorers are Jordan Hamilton and Subasa Endo. Both players, uh, I believe, are TFC uh, players, loanees, not uh, TFC2 uh, contract players. Liam Frazier and Sean Hundell uh, each have three assists. That's it that's it for for that team they're they've spread the scoring around but it's been few and far between they are one oh and one or sorry they are oh one and one against the red bulls this season the red bulls are one oh and one against them they drew zero zero last time out uh, they're ranked 25th in goals scored with uh, 31 conceded or 31 goals scored sorry total they are third in goals conceded with 59 uh this is a bad team, guys. I, I'm not really sure what else to say other than it's at home. They're playing a garbage team. There's so few games left at home for the Red Bulls. This is a three-pointer. No ifs, ands, or buts. They must get three points here. If they don't, I'm willing to say that they will not make the playoffs. <laughs> I think you just jinxed them, Joe, but I hope that they can get some points on their uh, at home because on the road is just not, <laughs> not yeah, it's, looking it's, good. It's, it's bad. They, I mean, some of it's snake bit. I'm sure some of it's psychological at this point, but they need to get points on the road. And if they're not going to do it, they've got to maximize at home and against the worst team in the league. Not, I'm not making an exaggeration. I know Tulsa is really bad too, but this is the worst team in the league. If they can't beat them at home, this team doesn't deserve to go to the playoffs. Can't argue that. Yeah, that's that's valid. I, I mean, mean, they've never lost to Toronto. They've played them a total of eight times. They've beat them six times, and there's been two draws. So now, we can't let that go down. Now who's <laughs> trying to jinx them? They've never yeah, lost to Toronto? Yeah, never never lost. All I'm there saying is go. they need to beat this team, not that they're going to. <laughs> <laughs> All Blame right. On me. Let's, let's, let's pretend they get back to their goal-scoring ways. Is Anatole Abong, one of those guys, he lit up Toronto FC2 a couple of years ago. Is he going to get back out there and uh, show what he's made of? Well, considering you won't be writing, typing out a penalty before, you know. He <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> of course, you would Maybe. throw that in my face. Uh, I mean, come on. You Toronto FC is the is the team that originated that. Because remember, I I wrote that uh, I think it was Ben Spees. Uh, I wrote that he scored from the penalty spot. I even submitted that tweet. Wait, wait, wait. no, 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 wasn't it? I thought it was Luke Spencer. Oh, maybe it was Luke Spencer. I thought it was Ben Spees. Who the hell is Ben Spees? Yeah, whatever. No, Spencer Uh, plays for Louisville. Spencer? No, I'm trying. Yeah, maybe it was. It was Ben Spees. Um, So, yeah, they they originated that. It would come full circle if somehow I jinxed them again. And then then you did it for the union. And then you did it for... If if there's a penalty that's been missed, chances are I've... I've been written. I've written a tweet about how it was about to be scored. So, <laughs> and you may have even sent the tweet in several occasions. Only once. That happened once. I can't be blamed for that. <laughs> and man, did I feel like a big uh, idiot when that happened. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Part of me wants. To, I really do want to see Amanda Moreno back in the lineup. Me too, um, big time. Because uh, I really think. I mean, if you saw the training clip today, you'd, you'd want to see him back in the lineup too. So. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say that. Uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, he gets. He's one of the one of the scorers on the score sheet. Okay, okay, that'd be good. I'd like to see a front line of um, Moreno, Stroud, and if they're gonna continue to play a bong, obviously he would be up there as well. Um, otherwise, it would be nice to see Barlow back starting up top because I thought he Come did back. a good job when and... he's been out there. Um, okay, let's get let's get predictions. I'm gonna start with you, Steen. Ha ha ha! You can't just copy Bill. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go four one Red Bulls two. Okay, wow, that's a big scoreline. It would be good, and they need that. And it's I think that's conceivable. Bill three zero Rebels three zero. Hmm. I don't know if I feel as good about the offense right now, so I'm gonna say it's a two nothing win. I still don't think. Look, if they're giving up goals to Toronto, this that's a big problem. I I think that they can win this. So I'll say two nothing. <laughs> they did give up a goal to Atlanta late, so I mean Atlanta. Yeah, all right, fair, fair. Okay, I'm still gonna <laughs> stick with two nothing. Uh, I feel good about that. Okay. Okay, let's look at the playoff standings right now. Uh, if they ever load for me, let's see. Okay, got it. Playoff standings right now. I'm gonna read one through eight, and then we'll talk about the guys around the line. Uh, FC Cincinnati has clinched. If they are not the number one seed heading into the playoffs, I'll eat my shoes. Uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds uh, sitting second behind them at 49 points, 27 games played. Then Charleston Battery, 28 games played, 48 points. Then Louisville City, who is continuing to drop, uh, 47 points on 27 games played. Then, hey, look, it's Indy 11, 45 points on 28 games played. Bethlehem Steel, 42 points on 30 games. Or I should say matches. I keep saying games. Uh, New York Red Bulls, 2, 40 points on 28 matches. And Nashville rounding out the playoff teams right now, 39 points on 27 matches. The team right now, the two teams that are, I think, pivotal to the Red Bulls' chances are going to be Indy and Bethlehem. Bethlehem, obviously, the, the big advantage there is that they've played two more matches already. But so much of what Red Bulls have to do has to be done on the road. So we'll see. The, these these final two home games, if they can get six points out of them, that's going to be just absolutely huge. Absolutely. Uh, so then the teams underneath right now, we're talking about North Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, 
uh, both who got some results this week. Ottawa, who also uh, won this week. So they're all sitting uh, within four points. From 11 to 9, it's 35 points, 35 points, and 38 points. And that's uh, in reverse order. So 9, 10, 11. Ottawa, North Carolina, and Charlotte. Any of those teams you think look good? Or, or do you think we're looking at 1 through 8 right now? Um, maybe that um, reshuffles a little bit, but that that's the basic group. Thoughts? I think that's the basic group. I mean, Ottawa, maybe. I mean, because they've had a few good games here and there, but North Carolina, even though they have only played 27 matches, I really don't think there's any threat there in North Carolina FC. Charlotte could be coming on late. Uh, they've won their last two matches, once against Nashville, once against Richmond. Their next couple of games uh, or matches are against uh, Charlotte, or sorry, <laughs> that's who I'm talking about, Charleston, New York, and Pittsburgh. So they they might be able to pick up, you know, four points within that group. I think it might be tough to, to get those all, but they have two of those matches are at home. And then they... Toronto FC has 12 points. 12 points. We uh, were trying to figure out at the beginning of the season who's going to finish with the least amount of points, Toronto or Tulsa. Tulsa right now, 17 points, Toronto 12. So it's it's a nail-biter, <laughs> I got to say. And uh, we'll get into this in the next part, but no matter what happens, so Toronto FC is eliminated, they're going to be relegated <laughs> to Division Three, uh, which we could talk about in a second. Uh, also, Richmond, who announced today they're going to be a Division Three team, both teams uh, sitting in 15th and 16th place in the Eastern Conference. They will be the first teams to be relegated. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Yeah. If I, if I were Cincinnati, the two teams I would not want to see in the first round are Bethlehem and RB2. I fully agree with that. Um, sin- look, Cincinnati is good. They're, but they're, not, they're not unstoppable. They're not unstoppable. The teams that they've played over the last three weeks, they squeaked out a win against Tampa Bay in... Um, in uh, spectacularly uh, controversial fashion. Yep. They squeaked out a win against Pittsburgh. Right. And the same against Louisville. Those are three... Well, Tampa Bay is not one of the good teams. So maybe that's the (laughs) the aberration there. But uh, Pittsburgh and Louisville are two teams that they're likely going to have to beat in the playoffs. Uh, And yes, they got results against them, but they weren't convincing results. And any any shade I can throw on Cincinnati fans right now, I'm going to do because they are so obnoxious. Atlanta, congratulations! You will not be the most obnoxious fans in MLS next season. <laughs> All I've heard Cincinnati fans do is complain about the refs, and they're winning. They have, <laughs> let's see, their last five matches, right? Let's see, Charleston six. And they're definitely going all in, too. And they'll have something in common, because if Cincinnati doesn't win the USL Cup this year, they both have won nothing. So there you go. They are on a six... It looks like a 16-match unbeaten streak, and they're complaining about the refs. Maybe Reno should should do that, take a page out of their book. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe it wouldn't... Maybe it'll or Las Vegas. Where's Where's Las Vegas? Las Vegas yeah. is sitting. They're in 14th place. We'll go to the Western Conference in a second. Um, they're in 14th place right now. But listen, I don't think there's a lot of Cincinnati fans listening. But one, just you know, 
enjoy what is going on for your club right now and stop complaining about everything. I've heard complaints about where they enter the visitor stadium at. I've heard complaints about uh, how uh, other teams are mean to them on social media. This is real, a real thing that happened. <laughs> I got involved in a fight uh, on social media between I think, FCC I think fans and Louisville fans. Yeah. Do they realize what the MLS is like? No, they don't. So I think that <laughs> right. they need to to chill out a little bit because things are going really well for your team. So maybe just shut up for a little all right. while. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, all right. So I'm going to say that the bottom shuffles a little bit in the East. I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to be crazy saying this, uh, that Red Bulls 2 finished sixth. And I'm going to say Bethlehem finishes eighth by the time it's all said and done. Okay. That would be kind of I fun. Na- and I think Nashville is going to creep in at seven. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I think. Right. I wish to God there was some way that uh, Nashville and the Red Bulls could have a playoff match. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be so nice. <laughs> um, they are one of the remaining matches, though, for Red Bull 2, right? Am I crazy? Yes. Yes. Yep, they are. Okay, so this is the Red Bull schedule coming up. We talked about Toronto. They've got Charlotte, Nashville, North Carolina FC. We were originally going to make a pilgrimage down to North Carolina. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen now. Uh, we'll have to save it for next year. Then they've got Penn FC, and they finish with Bob Lilly and Pittsburgh. Cool. Oof. So when I was talking about those six points, that's one of those those matches at home is Pittsburgh. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a barn burner. Yeah, only yeah. two home matches left. That's hard to believe. It's unreal. Okay, let's talk about the West real quick. One through eight, we have new leaders: Orange County SC. The Monarchs drop down to second. Oh, sorry, uh, Orange County fifty four points, twenty nine matches. Monarchs drop down to second after losing three straight matches. Something's up there. Uh, they're on fifty three and twenty. Um, Phoenix Rising, also 53 and 28, uh, with superior goal differential, but they're losing uh, the tiebreaker on wins. They have uh, 16, whereas Monarchs have 17. Then Sac Republic, 49 points on 28 matches. Portland Timbers, 2, 48 points, 29 matches. Swope Park, 46 points, 29 matches. San Antonio, 43 points, 28 matches. And Reno, 1868, 42 points, 27 matches. St. Louis, Breathing down their necks, same amount of wins, but they're losing in the goal differential. Uh, they also have 42 points in 28 matches. Bottom two, Seattle Sounders two. They are 5, 17, and 5, negative 27 goal differential and 20 total points. And Tulsa Roughnecks. <laughs> this is such a sad record. They are 2, 14, and 11 with a negative 32 goal differential. So oh, Toronto there. FC two, still behind them on points, but... Uh, they have one more win than Tulsa. Yikes. Bad seasons for those guys. Okay. Uh, let's talk about D3. Richmond Kickers announced today they are going to be moving to Division 3 starting next season. Here are the teams that we have so far in Division 3. Uh, Chattanooga Pro Soccer. They have not announced a name from what I can tell. FC Tucson. The Greenville Triumph SC, that's a team that's going to be coached by John Harks. Madison Pro Soccer. Orlando City B, they're coming back. Now, here, here uh, a pair of comeback kids. Rochester Rhinos. Yeah. No? Nobody's excited about the Rhinos. Yay. Okay. <laughs> well, they finally Whoa. get the stadium yeah. situation sorted out. Or I hope so. The, the way that everything ended for them was so crazy. Um, 
The Richmond Kickers, which we mentioned, South Georgia Tormenta FC, best name so far. Uh, all other D3 teams <laughs> must bow down to the South Georgia Tormenta. And then Toronto FC, too. That is D3 so far. I'm sure that there's going to be other teams joining them and announcing over the next couple of weeks. But uh, what do you guys think? What team, what current USL team do you think, not an MLS team, uh, should be moving down to D3? Uh, Tulsa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Joe? Um, maybe Penn FC. Okay. I think that would actually Tampa be, Bay? that would be another That'd good be a team. Real Tampa Bay. Face. Yeah. That would be a huge slap in the face if they moved down to D3 because they still want to be an MLS team. I, as, <laughs> as much of a long shot it is right now, that that's their ultimate goal. Maybe one of the two teams. I don't know. Maybe Seattle too goes down. Well, yeah, I, I will duh the MLS teams, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's it for us tonight. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at jsteen15. I'm at BillTNJ. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at RaisingBullCast. That's one bull, Raising bull cast, And, of course, that's all on Twitter. You can also follow uh, all three of us at the Red Bulls News Network. Uh, we're doing lots of good stuff over there. So give that place a look. We are at rbnn.us and on Twitter as rbnewsnetwork. Find us. Follow us. Get your news there. You can also see us at facebook.com slash raisingbulls and on raisingbulls.com where you can even send us questions. The questions should go to questions at raisingbulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. Where can they uh, send us questions, Bill? Questions at raisingbulls.com. That's right. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also, uh, I have it set up now that we auto upload to YouTube on our YouTube channel. So even though we're not doing little clips like we were at the beginning, our full podcast is on YouTube for your streaming pleasure. If you'd like it hashtag Merced in, you can find us at BGN.FM with shows like the USL show, Mongols down the Valley, Texas soccer radio, Foxtrot, Bethlehem blast furnace, sock takes and rising as one. If you like USL, and MLS and U.S. Soccer head over there for lots of great podcasts that cover all those topics. And of course, last but not least, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get your scarves. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, distracted. Uh, get your scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Bill Toomey, Joe Steen, and Kevin Pollitz, thank you very much and have a great night. Okay. Oh.